Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast, where your journey to breaking down barriers and unleashing your true potential begins. I'm your host, Emma Gibson. As the founder and creator of The Unapologetic Rebel, I'm here to guide you in defying the odds, going against the grain and ripping up the rule book so you can create mind-blowing results in ways that don't make logical sense. This podcast is your permission slip to own your unique brilliance, leverage your personality and create a multi-six-figure life and business on your terms. Let's go. So hi, Katie. It's lovely to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, Emma. I feel very excited and yeah, I can't wait to have uh, an awesome conversation with you. I love this this part of the segment for my podcast because it really does allow me to just ask the questions that are on everyone's lips and to just give a unique um, insight into the behind the scenes of various different rebels going out there and doing incredible things. And I've known you for not a long time, but we've we've got to know each other quite quickly. And I really love the values that you have. Um, I love your outlook. Um, most importantly, I love the fact that you're not afraid to take a risk. And you also won't carry on doing things if it's no longer in alignment with you. And I think this is actually really, really massive in the conversation of rebelling against the shoulds and the have-tos and keep going until you, you know, you've proved yourself and so on and so forth. And you are a permission slip to to follow your intuition and to pivot. And so I really want to dive into that um, from the from the off and just talk about the fact that obviously you have run numerous businesses over your career or business life um, and you're not afraid to pivot and to take risks and to step into the unknown. But what I would love to hear in your own words is how you've learned to navigate through that because it is really scary and quite often as humans we want to know some of the facts or have some validation or some certainty that what we're doing is going to work and we're not always in that privileged position to have that Um, and so ultimately we have to make a choice of do we trust our intuition or do we keep doing what we're doing and so I'd love to know how you've learned to follow your intuition and go with the pulls. Yeah, great question. And (laughs) yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. So I think go my intuition is something that I have always done, even Mm -hmm. as a child. um, You know, that gut feeling that you have. And when I haven't listened to it, I've tried to ignore, ignore it. That's when like, shit's happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, And not not in a good way. So I think for me, like when I get those little nudges, those feelings, I don't ignore ignore them like at all, even though if in the moment it doesn't make sense, it's kind of like, okay, what what is this telling me? Like, what do I need to tweak or change or Mm. stop? And yeah, I think just listening to yourself is really, really important. And I think it's really important as well to realise what is your intuition telling you to do something or stop doing something um, rather than your like fear, like you're scared to do something. So I think for me, like if I'm scared to do something or, you know, something's fearful, like I I feel it like 
in my heart like my heart might like have like a little palpitation or yeah. like I might you know get like sweaty palms or something whereas yeah that intuition is that real you know feeling in your in your gut it's kind of like yeah feels exciting feels exciting but it can sometimes feel like a bit nervous at the same yeah. time you know you can get those butterflies um but yeah I just think it's it, it's really important to know what is the difference between your intuition and what is just something you're scared or a bit frightened to do yeah so when you get that intuitive nudge like you have done so if we talk about your previous business and you suddenly had this nudge to then pivot and and to step away from the known and go into the unknown what what do you pull on what strategies have you found really works for you to help with trust help to to, to self-lead to to stay focused on you rather than getting distracted by what everyone else is doing and by the ego yeah so I think for me um I I feel quite lucky because ego hasn't really ever ruled my business like I am if you meet me in real life I am someone that quite happily like make full of themselves like really like okay yeah there's like you know things you should and shouldn't do because it's manners but yeah. at the same time it's kind of like I'll be the first one to make fun of myself do you know what I mean and yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy and secure with that so if something doesn't work out you it's only really me that knows it hasn't worked out yeah so, like, if I've posted something and it's been a complete flop, it's kind of like, well, actually, only I know that. Mm. Um, whereas, obviously, something bigger, um, yeah, other people might know. But it's like, okay, well, that that happened. Yeah, it felt actually really crap. But what what can I do better? What can I learn from it? Like, and what what are the the takeaways? Because then actually you can use that to to go forward and actually lead others from from that failure as well mm. I think that's so important because so many of us literally just want to be um navigated by the success and um you know obviously we love being successful and that is a massive indicator that we're on the right track but the real learning actually comes from the failings in inverted commas because I hate that word because I don't think there is a thing as failure. It's just you get feedback on what's not working. Um, but you've got to be able to move in order to get that. And I think so many of us are guilty of literally waiting for it to be perfect or for knowing more or for having enough or being enough, etc., to almost eliminate that failure process um, because we attach meaning to it. And we can hand our power over to a failing or a mistake and think, oh, that's embarrassing. It's because we're shit. It's because we don't know this. We don't know that. Whereas I think when you can see it, how you, how you were just saying there in the fact that, well, it's a lesson. Um, and I'm a firm believer like you that, that everything is a lesson is what can I learn from that? What can I do differently next time? Um, and yeah, then move accordingly. Yeah, for sure. And do you know what, Emma? Like, I can remember the first time that I, like, like, this sticks in my head so much. And so, like, I can remember 
when I was collecting my GCSEs from school and I was with my, you know, four other girlfriends. We all opened our GCSE results together. And so I've got dyslexia and always struggled with maths. And I can remember opening up my GCSE results and I got a D. And I was like, yes, because I knew I was closer to getting a pass than if I'd got an E or an F. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I've got a D. That makes it so much easier when I retake my GCSE to get to where I want to be. And I can remember like one of my friends, who I'd like to say is no longer a friend, just like, oh, is that all you got? Because like she was an A-star student, never failed anything. Mm. So it's that complete mindset, like, you know, wanting to always be perfect and, you know, striving to get the best or do you know what doing your absolute best and you're not quite getting there but knowing next time you haven't got as far to To go go. yeah yeah I mean it took me another two attempts to pass my master GCSE but (laughs) but you did it I bloody well did it yeah Yeah. so I I bet you use it every day now don't you (laughs) oh yes all the time all the time my protractor and compass right on my desk with me (laughs) In your algebra and trigonometry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, just being able to do your best. And, I, I, and at that moment, I could have compared myself to my friend who had got like an A and been like, oh, well, why didn't I get that? And I was like, well, I'm, you know, that, that wasn't me. I absolutely 100% knew that I had done my best. I wasn't going to compare myself to anyone else because I'm not anyone else. Mm. And yeah, oh God, I was chuffed to bits on that day. Is exactly, and I like I've just written down two things about what did you learn about yourself and what was what were the lessons that came through from that? Because I'm sure I know we joke aside about the fact we don't use maths uh, in the way that we think we do when we're at school. There'll be lessons from those two um, further attempts that will have been relevant to some part of your journey to getting to where you are today and I think that's the thing is that we think oh you know you've got your A star friend over here Um, and while that part might be easy for her she's going to have her own personal lessons that she's going to be navigating through and she perhaps doesn't need to learn certain parts about herself that you do but she needs to learn other parts and I think it's really important to recognize that and to then see like Okay, so it took me two further attempts to to win it, uh, win it, pass it. But in that, I learned resilience. I learned um, strength. I never gave up, and you know all of that sort of stuff. But I mean, I'm yeah. putting words in your mouth there. But what were the main lessons that it taught you? It was learning how to do things <clears throat> in a different way. So yeah. the first time I was taught in a different way. So then I then redid my maths when I was at sixth form. And obviously I was taught in quite a similar way to the first time. And surprise, surprise, like I I, I didn't pass. Mm. But then actually, I I actually then redid my GCSE maths when I was in the Navy. Yeah. Um, they're so great with education. And I had such a chilled, laid back instructor that when like I'm I'm not going to lie to you. He was very often listening to the horse racing rather than teaching us maths. (laughs) 
but he taught us in such a way that we didn't need his full attention for the hour. Mm. Like he was so good at what he did. So yeah, no wonder he spent like the majority of the lesson like betting on horses and yeah. listening to all the rest. At least you can say he's playing with figures, I suppose, with the betting yeah, stats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, cushy job or yeah. But yeah, it was it was learning how to do things differently. And actually, every time I failed, I was failing in different ways. So actually, I was learning from those failures. And yeah, I was learning that actually every time I failed, that actually I was much closer to where I wanted to be than I was the last time. Mm. Mm. What I love about that, though, Katie, is that, like, we get taught this generic education, we get taught generic strategies, and we can all be taught the same thing and not get the same results. And that's because we are all different. And it's the human behind the lesson, behind the maths, behind the strategy. And we can put so much pressure on ourselves and go, oh, but I followed it to the letter. I've done everything that I was told to do that I should do and yet I'm not where I am and what I love about um, what you've just shared there is that it was well it's that willingness to do things differently and see things differently and the fact that you then got taught by this guy who did things very differently somehow that penetrated into you on a deeper level that made sense to you that you were then able to take your unique humanness and take the strategy or the learnings and make it right for you. And I think this is just such a beautiful example of the layers that come with success because we're so focused on strategy and the formula and just tell me how, tell me what I need to do and I'll just do it and I'll get it done and blah, blah, blah. And we can all go down that route without actually checking in with ourselves as to whether we function down that that route that they're taking us down or are we more of a creative like for me I'm my most creative when I'm exercising I have so many creative downloads when I exercise whereas there are it's instilled you've got to be at your desk you've got to be working in inverted commas it's like in the summer if I'm out on my sun lounger I think oh my husband looks at me and thinks you're actually going to do some work today and I'm sitting there thinking oh my god I'm working so hard because there's so much coming through it's just that it's knowing what works for you and then not making it mean, oh, I'm not good enough or this, that and the other, but actually, like you say, be willing to keep going and to try and find the way that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are, like you said, we're so desperate for that magic solution, that magic, like, you know, one one size fits all sort of thing. And yeah, very much it is actually you can take different parts of what different people are teaching and actually put them together to make your own unique formula. Mm. And I have found that I very much had to do that myself. I've paid for programs. And like you said, I've tried to follow them like to the T and like it, it hasn't worked because actually the, the energy doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel good Whereas I'm like, well, actually, hang on, what if I, like, take this bit and, you know, you know, put some, some of my own, like, unique spin on it, and actually, that's when it's worked. I don't think I've ever had success by following someone else's strategy or teaching to the T. I've always kind of got to, like, consume it, and then 
kind of like, yeah, okay, what am I going to do with this? How can I turn it into something that, you know, I can then make my own strategy or my own process with it? Mm. There's two things I want to run on that. One being sort of how you've then learned to trust yourself. So I'm just going to write that down because I'm perimenopausal and I'll forget. But the (laughs) other thing is, is that um, take what you need. See, I almost forgot this bit is that I was literally speaking to someone um, just before our interview about a lady that I know who paid, I think she paid 20 grand for this course and she completed a quarter of it. And a lot of people were like, that's a waste of money. That's not worked. And her comeback, and I freaking love it, is that I got what I needed. I got enough of the how from that course to move and create it and make it my own rather than going, right, I've got my how. Let's now stay plugged in to do the generic steps afterwards. She was like, right, I've got enough for me to move to then create what I need to create and and trusting that it will then come and flow to her which it did and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves don't we we've invested in this or that was a waste of money I've spent 10 grand on that and didn't finish it but but you get what you're meant to get in every single thing yeah I always say it's not a waste of money if you've just got one thing from it exactly yeah exactly yeah if you learned one thing then it was worth the investment I think Yeah, because the ripple effect of that is then where you get your return on investment. Yeah. And I think as well, like sometimes we put too much pressure on our own selves when we invest in a program that's, you know, a bit out of our comfort zone. We put so much pressure on ourselves then to like get, get, you know, these amazing results. But actually what we might need are just like missing pieces of the puzzle that you know it's just one or two things and actually then that allows us to go on and have you know incredible success and wealth Mm. um and then I think there's going to be two types of people be two types of people who'd be like oh well I only got a couple of things from it I spent all that money or be like do you know what I got two things from this investment and I would pay for that I would pay it like all over again it was absolutely worth the money that I paid for it yeah yeah some of that expectation we because the the reality is the answers come from us and so these these programs and when you work with someone you're not going to find the missing link and missing piece of the puzzle in that particular format but it's going to activate something within you that will then create that missing link being found and sometimes that's just enough how to move yourself out of this rut that you're in right now. And from that yeah. then comes creative freedom and new ways of thinking and new ways of being and doing. And then from that leads on to multi-million dollar, you know, months and years and whatnot, all from just this segment from a from a course. And I think that itself is is vital. If there's one thing you can take from this podcast, it could be that. But what from that um, comes trust. In order to do that comes trust. And you mentioned earlier on that, very similar in that respect, is that you will take what you know and then trust that the rest will come in. How do you build that trust within yourself and trust within others? Because I think, me personally, I struggle with trust a lot. 
is something I consciously work on every single day. And I'm winning, I'm winning that battle with trust, but I haven't always. And it, it has led me to procrastinate, hold off, um, dilute myself massively. And I see it now in a lot of other people. They will dilute what they want to achieve, how they're showing up, the way in which they're presenting themselves because they don't fully trust in themselves or in others to invest in themselves. How have you learned to hold that, that trust in your decision making? I think you have got to really understand that you know yourself better than anyone else. And if you don't know yourself very well, then I would definitely work on that. I feel like I have worked really hard on knowing who I really am for such a long time, like over a decade because I can remember like being in my early 20s and I, I was hanging out with someone and they were so like understanding of themselves. And I was like, I don't know any of this about myself, mm. like at all. I don't know, like, you know, I didn't know then like what makes me tick, what, you know, how, how I understand things or how I react to things. And over over the years, I've really learned that and actually recently I've had two people say gosh you know yourself really well don't you oh well you know yourself don't you and I'm like yes Mm -hmm. yes I do because I've worked really hard on that yeah and yeah I think that is what you need to do you really need to learn who you are to be able to trust your own decisions um because yeah, if you don't know yourself best and, you know, you're second guessing yourself, then I think that's where, you know, you can you can hear issues. Yeah. With that, I'd love to go deep on that because I do agree fully with you in the fact that no one knows us better than ourselves. However, in the world of entrepreneurship, there are it's a roller coaster and there are very well, there are huge amounts of opportunities for us to get swept up in what other people are doing and other people's successes that we can inadvertently lose ourselves and therefore forget who we are. And so a lot of the work that I do is about becoming unfiltered. It's about trusting in your authentic self and leveraging your your um, your unique brilliance. But when you're in, particularly, I suppose, if things aren't going in the way that you want it to, and so we naturally go down the right or wrong route, we make ourselves wrong, they're right, because they're getting that they've got the money, they've got the clients, I'm wrong, blah, blah, blah. So we try and be like somebody else. What advice do you have for people who, who are desperate to get back to the core of knowing who they are? but are really struggling to see the wood through the trees? Yeah, so that's some great questions. So it's it's really kind of remembering that, like, you are the only person who can say what you can say in the way that you say it. You are the only one who can teach someone what you know, because only you know it in the way that you know it. And I feel so strongly about that. You don't have to 
like no have like a huge knowledge base if you like you have to think like there's experts out in the world and there's people you know there's scientists that like know about contagious diseases well like and they might know about one contagious disease but they will know everything mm. about that I don't know why I chose that I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we'll run with it it's fine yeah or there could be like a geologist who knows about volcanoes but actually they know the insides and out of one particular volcano Mm. and they you know they are the expert in that and then so I kind of think well (laughs) that that is actually you you are the expert within your your field your niche you know and bring in all your expertise and your knowledge that makes you the expert and you have to remember as well like people buy from people and just because someone else is having success that's great and they're attracting all these people but what you don't see is actually all the people that they are also repelling Mm. and the people that they are repelling actually could be your people they could be the people that actually need to hear the message from you Mm. Mm. and I think that's really important to remember when you start comparing yourself to other people it's just kind of like well yes they're attracting these sorts of people who I think actually would be my ideal client but actually are they really my ideal client or do I just want that volume of clients Mm. yeah we get so caught up in the in the numbers um, and we hand so much power away to other people and to validation, feedback, inaction, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it can feel when you're when you're lost and you're really frustrated because you know that you're so much better than perhaps what your external world is is showing you. It can be really easy to hand that power over and make it mean something about you. Have you gone through that experience and if so have you how did you navigate your way back out of that yeah I've definitely experienced it myself where I'm just like well I know that I could be teaching that like oh my god like that is so basic like I could teach that in a much better way Mm. so it's kind of like well why am I sitting here complaining about it why am I doing something about it okay right let's go it's kind of like really having like that you know, that stern word with yourself and come and like pulling yourself out of it. It's like, no, come on. Mm. Like if they can do it, this is actual proof that you also can do it if you want to do it. Mm. And it's kind of like, then it's kind of like just going back to those foundations. It's kind of like, what is it that makes you, you? What is your unique take on things? Is it the way you teach things? Is it the way you share something? Is it the way you say it? Or, you know, perhaps you go against industry norms. What is it that makes you unique and what makes you different to to them? And it, it just could be like something like your age, your experience, where you live. Um, it can be anything, really. But like I said, there is no one doing the same thing as you because you are you. Mm, Yeah. It's interesting because that's where unapologetic rebels come into into play because I am a rebel 
uh, is it a lovable rebel like James Dean or whatever it is? I'm not like a, I was never naughty, naughty, but I always was very rebellious. If someone told me I couldn't do it, I'd prove them wrong. Mm. At school, I didn't. Um, I didn't like being told what to do. I've never really liked being told what to do. And in sport, I was always better than my age group and put into the next level. And I forgot all of those parts. And my dad, funnily enough, um, everyone jokes about it, but he kept a diary of me and my sister. I mean, no one really does that now. Like a handwritten diary. Um, and I was reading when I was 15, like this segment. And I was like, "Who? where's she gone? Like, not, I probably was a little bit obnoxious and arrogant at that point <laughs> on some level, definitely in my sport. But I was like, Christ, I'm a shadow of her right now. Where has she gone? And so I really got to like, to know myself again and be like, actually, I am bloody good. And I've overcome a lot of shit and I am very strong. And the, the what I've overcome has taught me such a unique, incredible way of dealing with life and seeing the world and stuff. And that's really fucking powerful. And I really started to like myself again, get to know myself again, play around with that those parts of me again and be like, Do you know what, I, I like her, like, I'm a very cheeky, bit like what you were saying, with, with the ego thing, like, you'll take the piss out for yourself, you're, I'm the same, I'm not a serious person, like, me and my husband are twats, basically, <laughs> <laughs> lovable twats, but we, like, we, we are jokers, we like, I suppose, being exhibitionists, and all of that kind of jazz, and yet, I just wasn't showing up as her, at all and it all got very serious and very flat and all of this and I was like Christ this, this is exactly why my business isn't thriving because I'm not thriving I feel yeah. heavy I feel crap I feel less than and it was like bloody hell if like if that was my best friend what would I be saying to her right now and it was it was really like poignant and raw and honest and upsetting, but totally liberating. And then I just went down my, I, I do a lot of forgiveness letters. So I did my whole forgiveness letters and really kind of like started seeing myself for my incredibleness rather than my shitness and was really grateful and sat in gratitude a lot more about stuff. And it just, the fog slowly started to lift and we can just lose ourselves and it's just like reminding yourself of who you are because we that person isn't a different person i'm just disconnected to her or i was and it's like you can reconnect in any given moment yeah i mean as women our hormones will do that to yeah. us thanks very much hormones yeah so yeah it's really hard and i think you know a lot of women you know it doesn't matter what age you are if you have hormone changes of course you're going to feel like that whether it's perimenopause it's you know um you know just you you burn out mm. um unbalanced hormones you can really forget yourself and that that was actually me as well in 2020 I became burnt out my hormones became really unbalanced um 
I was all I had been diagnosed with a underactive thyroid like many years previously Mm. and yeah like you said like you know I did not feel like me at all so yeah no wonder like my business took a complete nosedive because I couldn't show up in the same way that I had been showing up because I didn't feel like myself I felt very flat um very emotional brain fog couldn't remember anything no energy Mm. and yeah it was slowly like remembering like you know once once you start feeling a little bit better it's kind of like actually yeah who am I like who the fuck am I like we we need to bring her back like yeah whatever that person was and like I had to have some serious words with myself it's just like and like for me, like my nan was always like a massive like influence in my life. She was very strong, took no nonsense, do you know what I mean? Um, and I just thought, God, what well, if she was here right now, what would she say to me? And like my I can remember my nan, she got um breast cancer when she was 83. She did not lie in bed once for one day, even when she went for her treatment. Every day she got up at the normal time, she did her hair, mm. she put on her makeup and she put on a, you know, best outfit. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm going like all in. And for, for me, that worked. But like for you, Emma, it could be like you get your running trainers back on. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get, you get back into, you know, your, your leggings and your hoodie and, you know, you, you go off and do your exercise and your sport rather than sit and moping mm. sit on the sofa mm. but you I think as well like you actually have to give yourself time and you know be really kind with yourself but yeah if you've been in business for a while and all of a sudden something's really changed it's kind of like just really check in with yourself and how you're feeling because I think for for us like we just forget like how much our hormones have a massive impact on mm. us and obviously that is then the knock-on effect within our business yeah and then, yeah really look after yourself be kind and then when you start feeling you know a bit better again it's kind of like right let's go yeah and it's not and it's not about hustle it's kind of like even if you you know like for you mama even if you got out and you know outside in your gym kit again or for like me it would be like getting dressed do my hair do my makeup and out of bed mm. you know it's it's you know moving moving downstairs <laughs> yeah music music as well is like a, yeah a yeah that's a really great one and yeah like for me um I love like going for walks and it doesn't have to be like a power walk it can be like you know like a plod around your local park mm. but yeah it's kind of like just taking small steps to start getting back out like getting out of your own way again and like realizing who you are and like for me as well like I was writing down like things like who who I am and actually like how I'm feeling and where was the you know where was the missing link like why didn't I feel like um I you know wasn't being this like outgoing person what what had Mm. changed Mm. and like how could I how could I get you know back to being more like myself again yeah yeah which kind of takes us back to the conversation we were having before we hit play 
where you had said last week that you were like you were doing quite a lot of work but wasn't work but actually could then have the ripple effect and I think sometimes we just put ourselves on the bottom of the pecking order because we've got too much stuff to do that yeah. actually sometimes the most productive thing you can do in your business is do nothing on paper but just be with yourself and I remember um being on a course and they blocked out 30 minutes of silence and I was like what and actually in that 30 minutes of silence you just sit there and so much comes through and I'm like oh my god this has been one of the most productive half an hours or 30 minutes of my business but we don't give ourselves that permission to do that and we just think okay I'm feeling I'm feeling shit I'll sort myself out when Yes. When I've done this, when I've done that, when actually one of the biggest lessons that, that I've learned and one of the biggest secrets that I see that pretty much most rebels have is that they they put themselves first. Uh, and yeah. and it's the most selfless thing and, and people see it as selfish. And I exercise every day um, before I take my son to school and it's the most selfless thing he sat with me, but I know if I if I do it, he's going to get the best money. If I don't, I'm all like agitated. My mind's all over the place. Blah blah blah. I'm not present with him, and so it's mm. like that whole reframe of how we like love and care for ourselves is huge. Because if you're yeah. burnt out, like you were saying, how are you going to be productive to anybody? Yeah, I I wasn't. I was mm. absolutely useless to everyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In in my personal life and in my business life, I wasn't any use to anyone. No, no. Exactly. And actually, like you said, Emma, if I had maybe taken time for myself, like even those 10 minutes every single day, could I have prevented it? Yes, probably. Mm. Yeah. And that, that actually makes me more angry because... I could have done something about it. So then when I am like, oh, I haven't gone for a walk today or I haven't done something today, I'm like, well, come on, because this is in your control. Like there's no one else saying you can or can't do it. Mm. It's it's down to me. Yeah. And like we're so, we're so lucky now as well. Like, you know, we've got all these amazing like, you know, apps where, you know, we can just like get a – you know, a workout or, you know, we can put on the Spotify playlist and have like a kitchen disco. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? There's so many ways that, you know, especially here in the UK when it's like, you know, that terrible wind and rain and you don't want to go out. Yeah. There's other other things that you can do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's so important. It's so important. As with any of these, these conversations like, I could stay and talk all day, but um, I just want to finish it with just asking you any advice that you have for someone who is right on that edge of either going, following their intuition, going all in, or listening to the world around them that's telling them to, to play it safe and to pull back. What advice would you give them? Um, I would say by playing it safe what is it going to achieve what is it going to 
like you probably already know the outcome. Mm. Whereas isn't it more exciting to to go with the unknown? Yeah. And to go with it and see what happens rather than having the what if. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like you say, it's true. We can we settle for what the outcome that we know and then moan like buggery about it. Yeah, um, sub that. Yeah. Yeah. Life's too short for that. Yeah. It's I don't want to be in my hopefully 80s 90s and be like oh I wonder what would happen if I had done this yeah like no I want to be like like if you know I want to be that like little old lady you know in a rocking chair and being like oh do you have any regrets no none no yeah exactly (laughs) I don't want to be so flipping sure about it yeah definitely definitely one final, final question that I'm, I've just started to ask people is, I'd love to know what your definition of an unapologetic rebel is. What does that mean to you? I think it's allowing to yourself to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being okay with letting other people judge you one way or the other. And that can be, you know, they, whatever reason that is, it's never to do about, you know, with, with us. It's always to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and going for it and just kind of really, yeah, just going for it. And I think being okay with not following, you know, the beaten path, it's kind of like, Going against the group. Yeah, yeah, you know, making your own ways, I think. Definitely. Definitely. And just being like, yeah, this is me and Yeah. Exactly that. This is me and yeah, I'm not perfect. I don't care. I'm not trying to be perfect, but I'm right for my people and I'm having fun and Yeah. And I think <laughs> that can be done in in a really nice way. I don't think there needs to be any arrogance no. around it. I have seen some people who have done it in a very arrogant way. And I think, yeah, I I think they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Whereas I think when you have that inner confidence and you know what you're doing is helping people and you're being that good person with good values, I think that's really what allows you to, you know, be that unapologetic rebel mm. who should think's the ultimate unapologetic rebel oh my goodness that's such a great question do you in I guess like I don't know though I feel like there's quite a few people and I don't kind of want to say like people who like you know, people would expect us to say. I think, because like, I think everyone would say like Beyonce is. And mm. although she is, um, because she's done so many awesome things, like she, you know, when she performed at Coachella, she got the rights, so then she could sell it to Netflix for even more millions. Yeah. And like when she performed at an Uber, um, I think it was like a, a party or something, she said, no, 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 don't pay me. Give me stocks to Uber. And like, they're worth like how many millions? Like, that is really frigging cool. Um, but actually, I really admire Reese Witherspoon. Because, oh. 
Yeah. She she um, was always told, like, don't invest your own money into projects, films. And obviously she's done Reese's Book Club, hasn't she? So what she does is she says to the authors, we're going to have your we're going to feature your book in book club and all these hundreds of thousands of people are going to read your book. But um, I have the rights, the first rights to, if this book does well, to turn it into a film and she owns the rights to the film. So what she, yeah. So what she actually does is you think she's just doing this book club, but what she's actually doing is she's testing her audience. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to, she's like, right, actually, I think these books have the potential to all be films, but let's see what the audience says. So she releases one every month and she gains that feedback from people just reading a book. And then she knows whether or not to turn it into a film. Yeah. And I think, God, that is bloody genius. I love that. I never knew that. I didn't know that about Beyonce because for me... Mine is Adele in the fact that she's never given a fuck. Like, she is just so, she's so, like, normal in this chaotic world that she lives in. Um, And the other one is How We Met is is Steph. Oh, yeah, with Steph. With Steph, Itsy Gingy. I'm like, Jesus, she is just, to me, the ultimate unapologetic rebel. Yeah. She will do it. I mean, obviously, she's not known on a grander scale as Beyonce and Reese Witherspoon, but in our industry, she's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I guess with Adele, like, she she's quite happy to make, like, fun of herself yes. as well. Yeah. And, like, she'll, like, I can remember when she was, um, like, on stage accepting her Brit Award and James Corden was like, I'm going to have to cut you off. And she said oh, well, I'll see you all when I'm back in a few years' time then, won't I? And flicked the bird, didn't she? I think she flicked yeah. the bird. Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. She was, perfor- thought, yeah. she was performing just very quickly and she was wearing this probably very expensive gold belt and she was sitting down she said, I had a fry up for brekkie and I'm feeling really bloated, I've got to take this belt off and just took it off and just carried on da- like singing and I yeah. was like, do you know what? Like- brilliant. And she's yeah, like she up was on in front of a load of friends because that's something that we would do if we were yeah, sat with our exactly. friends, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I just really am fascinated about people who are doing things in different ways, unique ways. Mm. I just find that really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And as I said, I didn't know that about Beyonce and Reese, but I Reese as if she's my mate. Um, yeah, my mate Reese. Yeah. But that it, it just shows that there is a million and one ways to do it. It's like get creative yeah. because that's her unique spin on how to do it that is, uh-huh. is right for her. And so just trust yeah. your creativity and allow it to flow. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's been amazing, Katie. Where can we um, stay in touch with you? Um, well, I hang out over on Instagram. Yes. Um, so I'm at Business Wonderland over on Instagram. Come and say hi. Please drop into my DMs and say that you've heard me on this podcast um yeah so I so I know who you are and we can say hi yeah (laughs) awesome I'll add all of that to the show notes anyway but it's been incredible thank you so much and thank you for everyone who's tuned in this week 
to listen and if there is any questions that you have for either of us please reach out equally if there's anyone that you think that might benefit from this then please share it with them and if you fancy leaving us a review then that'll be amazing so have the most incredible week and i will see you all very soon bye for now that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this show please head over to itunes subscribe and leave a review bye for now